and smashed the shackles. No one, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. We will not be successful at trying to manage our demons with human ways. See, there were spirit, or there were human beings around this man that didn't know what to do with him, and so they tried to use human ways of shackling him, uh, shackling him up and binding him, and he would just break the chains. So the only way you and I can break any kind of power from the demonic is this. Spiritual forces must be met with spiritual weapons. Spiritual forces must be met with spiritual weapons. If we try to handle Satan and his kingdom on our own human strength, it will not stand or prevail against him. But if we meet spiritual forces with spiritual weapons, and we're going to talk about three of those weapons here in just a minute, we have power and authority over him. What they had, what these humans had, wasn't getting the job done. This man needed set free from spiritual forces at work against him. It says no human was strong enough to subdue him. And verse 5, let me read verse 5 again. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. What would you say about a man like this today? If you saw someone wandering around the cemeteries, howling and cutting himself, what conclusion would we probably come to today? I thought of a few. Mental illness? Disease? Drugs? He's out of his mind? He's psychotic? He's schizophrenic? Is mental illness a psychotic disease? Is it chemical? Is it physiological? Is it drug and alcohol related? Is it spiritual? Could the answer in different cases be all of the above or one of the above? Absolutely. Mental illness is a very, very rampant part of society today. And here's the thing. It doesn't really matter what's caused it. What I'm here to say this morning is I believe Satan is behind it, whatever the cause. You know why I say that? Now, I'm not calling you demon-possessed if you struggle with a mental illness. I'm not calling your loved one or your friend demon-possessed if they struggle with a mental illness. It's less about demon possession and more about demons being behind it. The reason why I believe demons or Satan are behind it is because of what Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Remember what he taught us to pray? When the disciples said, Jesus, 
teach us to pray. He said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Question, will there be mental illness or mental health in heaven? Mental health, spiritual health, physical health, emotional health. There will be no illness, sickness, or disease in heaven. And so if Jesus taught you and I to pray that God's will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven, I know how I can pray for people that I know that struggle with any kind of mental illness, and it doesn't matter if it's drug or alcohol related or they're schizophrenic or psychotic, it doesn't matter, or the, the, the home they grew up in, PTSD, it doesn't matter the what, it matters the who's behind it, and God wants me to pray. I believe I can pray confidently that God doesn't want that in heaven, and so I can begin to pray that they would be set free today. I have a good friend of mine. His name is Brian Berkey. Many of you know him. Um, he's, he might be watching today. He's got a home church. He was from a previous church that I pastored at. Brian has struggled with mental illness all of his life. All of his life. He's one of my heroes, and I'll tell you why in just a bit. But some of you know him. If you watch online, Brian's probably saying hi to you every time you click in. Hi Cheryl, hi so-and-so, hi, that's Brian. A few weeks ago they passed through here, him and his family, and some of you saw the Facebook post of, of Lori and Brian and then uh, all of us and all of his family. And Brian's not ashamed to admit, I mean his struggle is very, very real. Struggled all of his life. And so many times we are so quick to judge people that look and act differently because we're scared. We're afraid. We're going to see these people in this passage. Some of them were just afraid. Didn't want anything to do with them. Didn't want anything to do with Jesus healing. They were just turned off. Here's what I've learned that Brian's taught me. When you know someone personally, I know Brian. I know his heart. I know, I know his struggle. I know his intention. And so many people, Brian's got a job, still lives at home, he's got a job. And I know so many people at his job look at him differently because they don't know him like I know him. And so if you know of someone or you yourself struggle with any kind of mental illness, know this, Jesus knows you and I believe he wants to put someone around you that knows you also we must not give up on our friends family co-workers strangers neighbors who are struggling with mental illness there is hope for them Brian teaches me more about fighting my own temptations when I see the way he fights his mental illness. Brian helps me sometimes not to have a lot of compassion for certain people that use whatever their struggle is as an excuse because I know how intentional Brian is about fighting his. Brian reaches out to me 
Jeremy, can you pray for me? I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing voices. I just, they're not saying good things. And I pray for Brian. And every time I'm on the phone with him, he always says this. Pastor Jeremy, is there something I can pray for you for? Let me tell you something. If you want someone powerful praying for you, get online sometime. Friend Brian Durkin, say, hey, Brian, I'm so-and-so from Truth and Grace Fellowship. Will you pray for me? Man, God hears his prayers. I mean, some of you come to me when you want prayer because you think my prayers are like more powerful than I'm closer to God than, than you sometimes. I'm, I'm not, probably. But if you want some power in prayer, Hit up Brian. <laughs> Seriously. And then you will have a friend for life. <laughs> you will. And you will have someone praying for you. So we talked about what we would say about a man like this today. How about what would we do? You know what some of us do? We run. We just run away from it. We don't want no part of it. I've been there before, I've been just as guilty. I'm so glad God's brought people into my life that struggle with mental illness. It's helped me so much. It's shamed me because I realize how I've treated him or looked at him at times. I'm so glad he's done that. It can be one of the biggest blessings in your life. So if that's you today, I know it's a struggle. I know it's tough. So some of us just run. Some of us just ignore it. We don't want anything to do with it. Some of us judge. We have wrong thoughts in our head. And I know what some of you would do. Some of you would call me. <laughs> As if, you would. Me and Pastor, I got this, I don't know, this friend or stranger or so-and-so I met, and it's really freaking me out. Can you come? Like, I'm any less scared than you. <laughs> But you know why I would probably come? And sometimes it's sad to say I, I, I might not come just because I have compassion for that person. I, I'm learning to have more of that. But you know why I would come? I would come because you asked me to. I would come because you, you called me up and you just wanted to help your friend or to help your family member. I've been called before specifically for that. Pastor, I'm hearing weird things in my house. I think my house is possessed by evil spirits. Can you come pray? And I'm going to say, no. <laughs> I got no problems in my own house. You pray. <laughs> That's just sometimes the honest thoughts in my head. But no, I would still come because you called. I <laughs> didn't You know what? Jesus comes when we call. He comes when we call. There's going to be a day you wish you could call me and come, and I'm not going to be available. And Josh isn't going to be available. One of our elders are not going to be available. But I just want you to know that every time you call on Jesus, he comes. He's right there. Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, 
ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus has already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. What's your struggle? What's your demon? What's your sin? Let's not sugarcoat stuff. Let's give it a name. Let's call it for what it is. And let's call on the one who comes in the midst of our struggle. See, some of us just think we can ignore our issues and our problems, and you can't. Give it a name. This man was literally demon-possessed. Jesus wanted to know his name. I don't know exactly why, but I think we ought to not be ashamed to give our issue a name. Demon or not, I believe Satan is behind it if it keeps you from following Jesus. And we do understand, right? Church, you understand that Making a decision to follow Jesus is not just a one-time decision. Now, I'm not saying you have to get saved over and over again, but you don't just make a decision once in life to follow Jesus, and then you're good. I don't know about you, but I have to make multiple decisions each and every day to follow Jesus or not. And so if something is coming my way, and it wants to cause me not to follow Jesus, even momentarily, I believe Satan's behind it. It's not a person. It's not your boss. It's not the bill collectors. Satan is behind it. And spiritual forces must be dealt with spiritual weapons. And we ought to name it. Give it a name. Call on the name of Jesus. And guess what? Verse 10. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. I know at times, I know it feels like at times that you can't break free. I know that it feels as though it, again, you give it a name, what your struggle is. I know it sometimes feels that it controls you and you can't control it. Understand this, the demon behind your weakness, struggle, sin, idol, addiction is under the authority of Jesus and has to get permission of where to go once you're free. So although you feel like it controls you, Jesus controls it. And let's start calling on Jesus instead of ignoring it and get intentional because then the it 
that weakness, that struggle, that sin, that idol, that addiction, whatever that demon is behind in your life, has to fall under the authority of Jesus and go when and where Jesus says to go. And I don't know about you, but I'm totally fine with Jesus taking my sin and weakness and struggle and idol of my life and passing it into some pit. The picking at it. I don't want it anymore. But if I'm not intentional about battling, about calling on the name of Jesus, about following Jesus, I'm never going to be free. I'm not going to be free. The demon behind your weakness, struggle, sin, idol, addiction, whatever you want to call it, trembles at the name of Jesus, trembles at the word of God spoken in faith. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by the devil himself? He spoke the word of God. Three times Satan tempted him, three times Jesus quoted scripture. There's a correlation. Jesus came to set us an example to follow. We need to battle Satan like Jesus battled Satan. Spiritual forces must be met with spiritual weapons. Let me give you three weapons to fight those spiritual forces. Are you ready? Number one. Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, right? The disciples saw the power that Jesus had over the evil spirits, and what do they want to know? They want to know how to pray. Weapon number one is prayer. Weapon number two is the Word of God. If you combine, combine prayer and the Word of God, you have praying the Word of God. And let me tell you something, if you do that out loud, ooh, you're going to hear demons shriek and tremble. Yeah, you might literally hear them. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't have to hear them. I just want to know they are. And I don't have power and authority to make them shriek and tremble. But when I open my Bible and I start using it as a guide and I start, I start praying out loud, Mark and I both refer to Ephesians 3.20 today in our prayers, that God will do immeasurably more than all we can ask, think, or imagine. When we pray the word of God out loud, those demons get scared. Aren't you tired of being scared of evil forces? Let's scare them. Yes. Jesus within you has that ability. Pray the word of God. Weapon number three, spiritual gifts of individuals in the church. Great spiritual weapon in fighting our enemy. I want you to know something. Friday, I was at Starbucks. Chewing on my message again, working on it. Saying, okay, how can I make this relate, Lord? I know this is what you want me to preach on, but I need to make it relate. <laughs> I get a text from someone in this church while I'm studying for this, 
And this person I know has the gift of encouragement. This is what it says. Keep doing what you're doing, Jeremy. God is working. Thank you for being a great example of obedience to him. That's a spiritual weapon going at work against a spiritual force. So when you combine prayer and the word of God and the people of God that have gifts of God, we will be victorious. Amen. We will have power over the enemy. Power that Jesus promised you and I if we would do life his way. Man, that's exciting. That is exciting. How much prayer, how much of the word of God, how much of the people of God do you get on a weekly basis? If it's high, I guarantee you your potential for power is high. If it's low, your potential for power is low. I'm just telling you, why wouldn't we want some high power up in here? When we have access to it, 24 7. Sometimes it's just saying the name of Jesus out loud. Use his name. Use his word. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. So cool. We use God's mighty weapons. I just gave you three. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. By the way, demons are behind both of those things. Human reasoning and false arguments. So we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down demons. Isn't that cool? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I mentioned my friend Brian Burton. I want to share one of his Facebook posts from a couple days ago. Brian Burton struggles with mental illness half all of his life. He could choose at times to just go down into his basement and mope and whine and stay in the darkness, shut everything off. But Brian, time and time again, puts on worship music, texts some of the people of God, asks for prayer. He's intentional. And you know what else he does? He posts stuff like this in the midst of his battle. Listen. He says, when we are weak, Jesus keeps us strong. He hears our fears. Jesus takes away our tears. Never give up. Jesus is always near. When you feel weak, know you can call on Jesus. Get in the word. Jesus is always there. His love will never disappear. Jesus loves you, even when you struggle. Jesus will never leave you. He will never leave your side. Call upon Jesus. Know that Jesus cares.
way shorter than I am today. I hope that motivates and encourages you. Nothing is impossible with God through Jesus by the power of His Holy Spirit. Use those spiritual weapons of prayer, the Word of God, and the people of God. And this is the result. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. The man was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Colossians. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This man in our story, remember he was howling and running around cemeteries, cutting himself. Now he's fully clothed and perfectly Saying, Brian Burke struggles to just listen to the howlings in his mind and the voices that are in his head. But Brian Burke is one of the most tender-hearted people I know, full of kindness and gentleness and patience, because Jesus has transformed his life because he chose and continues to choose to call on the name of Jesus. This man went from breaking chains and howling and cutting himself to compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He goes on to say, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let's finish our story, and then we'll be done. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. But Jesus said, no. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. As much as following Jesus was literal back then, this new man in Christ followed Jesus by going back to his family, his home community, and surrounding communities, and he told them the great things that Jesus had done for him. And people were amazed. For those of us who say, who proclaim, who profess, we have Jesus. We are Christians. 
Where's the change? Where's the transformation? Where's the difference that Jesus has made in you? And shouldn't we not just go through one transformation, but if you continue walking with Jesus, you will go through several changes and transformations in your lifetime. You will be coming more and more like Jesus, less and less like yourself. And it ought to be in such a way that people see it. And when you proclaim the difference that Jesus has made in your life, they will be amazed. And many of them will want that also. God should be drawing people your way because of the change in your life. Because of what they see in you. I should say, because of who they see in you. Worship team, come on up. If you are here this morning and you have some need of a struggle, a sin, an idol, an addiction, I don't know, if you come and kneel at the altar on my left, someone's going to come and just pray for you and pray with you. If you want to come and just call on the name of Jesus and you don't want anyone else to bother you, you can kneel on the altar on my right. And God will meet you right there because you call on his name. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you have no power available to you over your struggle, your weakness, your sin, your idol, your addiction. But God loved you so much that he sent Jesus in your place so that you could have that available. But you must confess and repent of your sin. And if you want to go give your life to Jesus for the first time or be sure, you can go back to the cross and someone will meet you there and help you walk through that. We're going to sing that song, Healer, again. I believe that's the third song. Let's stand and be in an attitude of prayer as we do that and respond as God is leading.